Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. I said at the fourth anniversary episode that it was going to be more regular than it has been, but I got pneumonia. Uh, <laughs> um, Jacob, thank you for being patient while I got better. Oh, hey, it's all good. I got plenty of games and movies to keep me company in the meantime. Yeah, speaking of, we're going to be doing some episodes together next week, which we haven't done in four years, <laughs> like in the same oh room. Oh my god. <laughs> I know. My God, it's going to be amazing. It's like, you know, friends that had to go to different high school and like different states didn't talk to each other. Well, yeah. well I was in we prison. Didn't talk to each Clearly, I was in prison. <laughs> <laughs> I pulled the tags off all the mattresses, man. They caught me. Oh, damn. Of course. And, you know, those robo security guards, they follow every extent of the law. You well, can't reason with them. Dread, you know, he's pretty strict. So it's just like, go into prison, buddy. Huh? Oh, they're not going to love me there. Oh, they're going to love you there. Oh, that's not what I meant, but okay. Okay, fine. You get an ISO cube, maggot. <laughs> now get in there. <laughs> I am the law. <laughs> the, uh, oh, man. So yeah, we're going to be doing Ready Player One uh, premiere episode. We'll also be discussing, um, you know, our favorite Spielberg movies and, and some of the ones that kind of let us down. And we'll try to fit another Back in Tunes episode. I don't think we have time to do one like this where we watch four cartoons. Maybe. I don't know. It's your call. Um, we'll, maybe we'll watch an animated movie and discuss it or, you know, just a, a random popular show. I don't know. Something. We'll, we'll think of something. Right. For sure. I know. God, there is... Is there even anything that popular that should we should be discussing? Uh, well, at least we, something. We well, we're more of a retro show. That's the, what we've always been. I mean, lately we've been kind of eking towards. The rule was always if it was twenty years or older, and then it became fifteen, and then it's just kind of a mixture. But still, you know, we want to make sure that it's either canceled or off. You know, if it's been on the air, it's it's been at least a decade. But you know, like we right. said, with our new show, we're discuss all sorts of animation, no matter how old or new it is. But um. You know, we'll look at something from 1998 or 88. You know, Oliver and Company. It's been 30 years of that. Or, um, you know, you know what? You know, while we're at it, uh, 25 years of Jurassic Park and the dinosaur craze. And I remember there was an animated movie that was hyped like crazy. It was a huge flop. I've never seen it. It's called We're Back. A dinosaur story. Oh God, that was a huge flop. My God, the animation was great on yeah, it. Yeah, I've never seen it. Or, or it's the 25th anniversary of Mask of the Phantasm. We could always do that. Oh my God, yes, that's like the best Batman movie ever. Yeah, it's pretty. Even, anyway. even the live action, I still think it's better than the Christopher Nolans. And you know, I love the Christopher Nolans. Oh yes, of course. No, I, honestly, uh, there are times where I just want to keep watching that uh, Mask of the Phantasm, and I want to, that story to keep continuing. Yeah, the, but, no, behold. well, there was Sub-Zero. I mean, the Phantasm never came back, but that was like the next animated film from Warner Brothers. That was great. Um, speaking oh, yeah, of, sure. And, you know, we've kind of kept the comic books and the cartoons kind of together on the same page on Facebook. Hey, everybody, check us out on Facebook under Back in Tunes. And check out our sponsors, Jemetsko.com, for all your pop culture wares, you know, house goods and stuff like that. If you want comics and DVDs and stuff like that. Check out Zen Monster Media. Um, that's where we get a lot of our comics and stuff like that for the show. We're going to be doing an Aquaman episode soon. And uh, the reason I brought that up is because I just watched Justice League and Thor back-to-back. One, obviously, is better than the other, but I did not hate Justice League. I was actually quite surprised. I know. Uh, honestly, I couldn't hate it either. I thought it was definitely a lot more enjoyable. And it, <laughs> it, you could. I think the reason for that is because of Joss Whedon. It wasn't so dark and, you know, menacing and you know full-on dark knight returns mood 
Yeah, and, and you can see, you can feel a little bit of tonal shift. Some people say that it's so clearly obvious and it destroys the film because the tone shifts constantly. I didn't feel that. Um, Neither did I. Yeah, I don't know what they're talking about. I mean, I can feel like a slight difference, but when you hear like, oh, well, no, Zack Snyder's responsible for that part. You're like, what? That seems like a Joss Whedon moment. And then Joss Whedon's responsible for this. And you're like, that seems like a Zack Snyder moment. I, I didn't hate the movie. I actually thought uh, the, the lip thing is weird. But, you know, you have to do what you have to do with the CGI. It wasn't obvious more than that couple seconds. Aquaman was great. Flash was great. Of course, uh, you know, everybody else was fantastic. Um, Cyborg, I don't feel like he was given enough. No, they, he wasn't actually. They wanted him to be the heart of the story, but, you know, Warner Brothers decided to cut it to a two-hour film. And, of course, no, uh, God, losing my train of thought. They cut it to a two-hour film instead of a three-hour film or whatever Zack Snyder already shot to where Cyborg was going to be the heart of it because he is a huge component on, you know, dealing with mother boxes considering, you know, the technology that, you know, keeps him alive is what was given birth to by the mother boxes. Right, and I'm sure there's going to be a director's cut. There's no way that Warner Brothers is just going to toss that out because, and, you know, I discussed this with you. I was like, that's funny. There's no director's cut or extended cut with the release. And, you know, like the words with Suicide Squad or Batman versus Superman. So you know that there's someone out there right now putting together the final cut for the, you know, the Zack Snyder's vision, the three-hour cut or something like that. And, right. Because you know, they got to make that money back. You know, it probably at best with Worldwide, it broke even. Now they got to make some money. Yeah, they do. They got to get a profit. Oh, but I think it's because they didn't get a profit um, for Justice League. They decided not to do the director's cut. I mean, they give us a, uh, a deleted scene where uh, Superman goes back into his uh, his ship, and he, you know he's going through all going through this little tunnel, and you see these suits pop out, like his space suit and then the black suit, you know, with the silver logo where he's dead. Yeah. You know his funeral suit, and then there's finally the regular suit, which we see when he when he's um, taking on Steppenwolf, and then he flies over to Alfred, you know, meets him, and then Alfred just tells him, you know, let's hope you're not too late. Yeah. You know. Well, so that know, was it. I'm like, come on. Yeah, I hope there's a director's cut. And I heard they cut um, a lot of the villain stuff out so they could just focus on Steppenwolf, who, which I thought was really mediocre villain and visually looked terrible. That's the least interesting part of the movie, is Steppenwolf. Yeah, no, I definitely like the, the CGI definitely could have been better on Steppenwolf. I mean, shit, look at Doomsday. I thought they did a great job with him in Batman vs. Superman. I'm going to wholeheartedly I... disagree with you on that one. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, as far as, like, uh, the movie capture goes, it was, like, uh, reminiscent to, like, what I saw for Incredible Hulk in the Avengers. But then again, it's, like, what a workshop. But again, it's what a workshop, so you can kind of tell. Yeah. But even then, like I said, I thought, again, I thought they did, like, a better job on Doomsday than they did Steppenwolf. The, um, this episode is going to be focused on robots. And we're talking about comic books, so let's start off with the one that's based on a comic book, Big Guy and Rusty. Now, you and I were discussing, actually, before we get too far into this, that um, there's so many robot cartoons during the 80s and early 90s that we could do a two-parter on this because we still have um, we have Transformers, the Headmasters, we had Robotron, we had, uh, we had, I had a list Robotech. of... Well, yeah, there's Robo a lot of anime. I thought we did Robotech though a couple years ago. Um, Wait, we did. We I got to look through the list, but you know, and it turns out Zyber Nine um, was that the one that we, could, we couldn't find any episodes for Zyber Nine. There's like nothing on in the internet, like just clips. 
So we couldn't do that one. That was a bummer because that one looked like it was good. Because that was based on Batman Beyond, right? Or oh, no, that was... Um, no, no, uh, Project Zeta. What was I thinking? What the hell is Cyber You're 9 the... <laughs> Oh, Cyber 9 uh, something different. It's like uh, this kid fights this um, highly advanced like looking wand and it can control like almost any kind of robot. And it's basically the weapon that's going to save the resistance against this, you know, big, you know, mechanoid kind of race. Okay, okay. Yeah, but there's those, and then we talked about Zoids, so I, I believe we have a second episode we could do out of all this robot stuff, because there's, and I bet you there's a few that we haven't discovered. But, um, uh, Big Guy and Rusty is based on a comic book by Jeff Darrow and Frank Miller, one of the few things that Frank Miller did that children could actually enjoy. Exactly, holy shit, Frank Miller did that? Yeah, uh, he did the original comic book. The comic book is actually very good. It was one big special, and I don't think they've ever really gone beyond that. I'm pretty sure it was just a one... It was a very large... Uh, how do I explain it? Because they haven't done very many of them. Alex Ross did a handful of them for Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, and maybe Shazam. Uh, they were like big, oversized... Um, almost like the size of the old Rolling Stone magazine before they shrunk down. That's how big it was. Oh, Wow. That's the name, Big Guy. Yeah, so Big <laughs> Guy and Rusty. Uh, if they've gone beyond one issue, i got to look that up because I'm not sure for... But it's a hell of a comic. It's kind of a love letter to Ultraman and Godzilla, the, you know, the kaiju stuff. Basically, they just take oh, on giant uh, monsters. Right, and as far as the design goes for uh, Big Guy, he definitely looks more like Gigantor. But they kind of went with a more appropriate you know, kind of design. Instead of looking like this giant menacing old looking robot. Yeah, the um, the cartoon was short lived, at least in my opinion. But I, you know, the funny thing is, we think these cartoons last forever sometimes, and they're like, oh, it was only on for one season. And then there's ones where you think they're only on like for like six episodes. Turns on that you know, twenty six episodes of Big Guy and Rusty. And I remember seeing the premiere of this. I want to say it premiered before uh, that shitty Avengers cartoon. Like uh, there was it was around two thousand. I want to say. Oh, where Hawkeye leads the Avengers? Well, yeah, Captain America, I think, shows up in the second half, but the design is just ridiculous, and it was... Yeah, the animation wasn't as good. Yeah, that was pretty awful. I've heard the new ones are pretty good, though, but I haven't watched any of the new Avengers cartoons. No, but they're probably on Netflix right now. Yeah, maybe. Um, So the cast is Pamela Adon. Um, Most people know her as Pamela Seagal, who has been on, I think, done tons of voice work. But I remember her when she was, like, a kid. I think she, the first thing I saw her in was either Married with Children or The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Oh, I wish she also in uh, Say Anything with John Cusack. She was, uh... Is she, maybe that's where she's first. I first saw her. Yeah, live action. Yeah, when it comes to live action. And, of course, she's also been on Lucky Louie and the FX uh, series Louie. Yeah. Uh, and, my God, she's still hilarious as hell. And she even won for uh, her role on uh, King of the Hill as Bobby. Nice. She, like, wanna... she voices Bobby? How did I we, we just discussed Bobby in the last, or uh, King of the Hill in the last episode. I didn't even know that. Yeah, no, she did. That was her. She, uh, she was also in the voice of Oblong. She was the kid. She was the son, the one with the uh, big old eye and the little, like, one little strand of hair. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, she does a lot. I'm looking at her father. Uh, her father is Maxwell Seagal, who wrote tons of sci-fi pulp novels and comic books. That's pretty cool. Oh, wow. Yeah, she doesn't say anything. Her first thing was Grease 2, and then um, The Gate 2, After Midnight, Fern Gully, 
Sergeant Bilk. Oh yeah, of course, Sergeant Bilk. I remember in that. Then after that, it's just tons. It's a mixture of everything. In the Gen 13 movie that was never released, except someone found a bootleg copy of it and loaded it up online. <laughs> <laughs> Gen 13 never released. Oh wow, now that's something I have to look into. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Gen 13 was like a really really hot comic book from. I want to say it was Wildstorm Comics, but just they saw it and they said it didn't, you know, exactly line up with what they wanted, so they ditched it. You just write it off, you know. Just get uh, get the tax write off. Exactly. The uh, this is from a Dark Horse Entertainment comic. I think it's the only. I think there's only two comic books or cartoons based on Dark Horse comics, and that's The Mask and this one. Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no, that was a shocker, you know, to find out Mask was based off Dark Horse. Yeah, I mean, as a kid, you know, I didn't really pay attention to that. I always paid attention that it was Jim Carrey because, you know, he makes me laugh my ass off. I loved him in in Living Color, Once Bitten, and then you know, seeing him in Mask and Dumber Dumber and Ace Ventura, he blew up big time. Yeah, Um, there is one other. I forgot. There's the Hellboy animated movies. That's not a series, but there is three or four of those, I think. Um, Which Mm. I don't think I've ever even seen. Oh, some of the animated movies? Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen the animated movies. Now, you know, I know people are crazy about Hellboy, and I'm just, like, okay with them. If they made a third one, I'd probably watch it, but I'm not, like, starving for it. Well, they are, make, well, they are, re, they are making a third one, aren't they? I forgot, with the new guy, not, uh, not Ron Perlman, the guy from Stranger Things. Yeah, the Sheriff, Sheriff Hopper from Stranger Things. God, why can't I remember his name? God, shit. But yeah, no, that guy, he actually really did get in shape for Hellboy. Yeah. I know, that's pretty nuts, but I was kind of hoping for a continuation, you know, because I wanted to see, like, like if his ki- his twin kids, like, grew up, and they end up looking like candy canes, because, you know, mom's a human, dad's, like, you know, the son of the devil. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's good that, you know, they're still continuing it, because I'm definitely down to see another one. It's going to be R-rated this time. Yes. But with, um... Well, looking at this right here, the the series was developed by Dwayne Capizzi, who has shown up in some of our other shows. Uh, we discussed Starship Troopers, um, you know, the Roughneck series, uh, Darkwing Duck, Aladdin, Tailspin, and Bonkers. Uh, he also worked on Pet Detective and The Mask, um, Alf, the animated series, which we've never discussed. That'd be fun. Oh wow! Uh, but lately, he <laughs> did uh, the Batman vs. Dracula, and he's been doing the Transformer series, uh, the Prime and. I think robots in disguise. Oh, oh, the most recent uh, incarnate uh, incarnations. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't know. Transformers Prime. I don't know. I think the Michael Bay movies kind of fucking killed it for me. Yeah, <laughs> kind of shit all over it. I still think the '86 movie is the the peak of the Transformers world. Oh God, yes, I know. I loved it, and I'm glad they were able to continue the series after, to where you know Optimus Prime comes back is uh, alive again. I'm like, yes. <laughs> uh, but anyway, other voice work. Guy and Rusty. Sorry, go ahead. Oh. As far as, like, Big Guy and Rusty goes, uh, you can even tell from the theme song, like, how it is kind of, like, nostalgic, you know, the big American hero, you know, giant robot comes and saves the day, everybody looks towards him, you know, something happy, something upbeat, not so gray. Yeah, um, just real quickly, other voice actors in this, Jim Hanks as Dwayne Hunter, who I think before this had just started doing voice work for the... Toy Story animated special, I think that was like in 2D. Um, you know, he's Tom Hanks' brother, who I originally knew because he was, uh, you know how directed video movies work sometimes where it's just like, hey, it's the brother of, the cousin of, the son of, someone famous, and they just throw yeah. like the last name up there. There's a movie called Buford's Beach Bunnies, 
which was in my video release uh, newspaper. Back seriously, back then it was a thick newspaper. It was like 30 pages long that would show you every release coming out that month. And it's a Jim Hanks in Buford's Beach Bunnies. I mean, it's like, he looks just like his brother. It's crazy. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But yeah, I was wondering, like, how he did kind of, I was like, God, why does he sound so familiar? Like, I never knew who this guy is, but he sounded like Tom Hanks for a minute. Yeah. Oh, uh, gosh. We have Stephen Root from News Radio in the office space, and like a thousand other things. Uh, a regular Cohen Brothers guy. Right. Uh, Kathy Kinney. Have... What was her name? Mimi? Was it Mimi on uh, Drew Carey? The one with all the makeup? Yes, Mimi. That's who it was. Uh, we also have Gabrielle Carteris from 90210, who was like in her 30s, I think, by the time she was playing a high school student. That is just weird. They don't do that anymore, do they? I feel like they don't. They, they uh, just actually cast teenagers, like real teenagers, really close to it. Well, no, actually, I mean, shoot, Andrew Garfield was still playing Peter Parker. Oh, he was like right. a I watched that recently, well. and now I look at him going, "Oh yeah, he's way too old." Like you compare it to Tom Holland, you're like, "Oh, it's light years difference." This guy looks like he should be filing for a 401k. <laughs> yeah, but even then, though, Andrew Garfield looked still hella young, and so it was hard to t- it's hard to believe that he was like you know. 30. Yeah, <laughs> but once you see Tom Holland as a real teenager, you look at him going, yeah, no, you got a 5 o'clock shadow and you got serious lines in your face. Yeah. You know, it could have been possible. You know, Peter's, like, developing. He's, like, <laughs> developing into a man. <laughs> it's aging yeah, faster. <laughs> it's, those sp- it's that spider blood. It's the spider uh, venom in his blood. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, who else was in here? Uh... We got Arlie Ermey. Arlie Ermey is known for being yes. like the hard-nosed general guy in every movie. Every single movie I've ever seen him in except Switchback. He's always like, put your heels on the floor, you scumbag. Give me 40. Nah, you waited too long. Give me 80. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's great. I fucking, I, I, he's just hilarious to listen to uh, a lot of times. He was also, yeah, he was, he was just like that in Frighteners. And he was also in, uh, oh gosh, uh, Saving Silverman. He was the he was the high school football coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah, he he ended up killing the ref. He like threw the flagpole and stabbed the guy because he made a bad call. <laughs> uh, we do have a uh, regular Tim Curry who's shown up in like every cartoon in the '90s, and Clancy Brown, one of the best voice work actors. Not known for voice work acting, but he you know he's legendary for doing so many great genre films. Highlander being like his big deal. Um, uh, uh, what's the one dies at the end? John dies at the end. Um, Shawshank, Starship Troopers, uh, Buckaroo Banzai, uh, Pet Cemetery Two is so uh, devious, and then of course Lex Luthor. Oh yeah, that's right. He's the voice of Lex Luthor. Oh my god, dude! Uh, voice work, voice wise, he captures it brilliantly, and only physically can Billy Zane, you know, copy that. Oh, God, why that have they never up. cast Billy Zane? It's, he's starting to age out of that role. He's got only like so much time. I know. Still, I don't know. Billy Zane, uh, he keeps up. He still looks good for his age. He does. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, uh, who knows? Like, for the, I know you know at the uh, post credit scene of Justice League that they're trying to set up. Uh, they're trying to set up the Injustice League or the Hall of Doom. Right. That's what. Um, uh, not Deadshot. Uh, Deathstroke. Deathstroke, yeah, the Terminator. Is that weird that for a while his the comic book was called Deathstroke the Terminator, and they realized maybe we should drop the Terminator part. I'm pretty sure someone owns a copyright on that. Probably, yeah, but it wasn't James Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, my God, it, again, yeah, and 
it's great that they're setting that up, and you're gonna, who knows, we're going to see Lex Luthor in a giant mech suit soon. Ooh, the big purple green suit from the 80s? <laughs> well, maybe they'll update the colors, but it'll be powered by Kryptonite. Nice. Because <laughs> Kryptonite's available everywhere. Kryptonite is DC's version of uh, Edmantium. Edmantium is supposed to be so rare, yet for some reason everybody has Edmantium in the Marvel Universe. Or uh, uh, what's the thing from Wakanda again? Vibranium? Vibranium. It seems like everybody yeah. has that. And you're just like... It used to be special. Now everybody has it. A kryptonite. It's everywhere. It's just oh, we're food. We're you know, it's growing in the fields or whatever. You know, in Smallville, everybody got contaminated with kryptonite. Yeah. Well, I know in the movies it's just very limited. I mean, vibranium's only in Wakanda, and the only other person with vibranium was Captain America's shield. Right. And in krypton, yeah. And in the kryptonite, yeah, Batman took it to you know from Lex Luthor to take on Superman. And I'm sure he still has that, that Spears line around somewhere. And that's all that's left of the kryptonite. All you have to so do to far. stop Batman is just say Martha. And he's like, what? Your mother's name is Martha too? <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> all you all you are related to a Martha? I can't, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I give up. Martha Stewart. Oh, that's right. I hired you for catering. <laughs> <laughs> Martha know, Washington, honestly, the mother of this country. No. Yeah. Well, I mean... I mean, yeah, you can easily laugh at that, but personally, I mean, I knew what he meant by, like, you know, I know, like, what he meant when he's, like, saying the name Martha, because, you know, that's what's going to, because that makes uh, Batman realize that he's about to kill someone's kid. That's true, that's true. I shit on that movie a lot. I really didn't like it. I know that people really dig it, but I was just like, oh, my God, the first hour is pretty good, and the second hour is complete, just rubbish to me. Especially at some points. Honestly, uh... It was good to see, you know, Superman go on the top of the hill and, like, have that hallucination. That was, like, scientifically based because um, when people, I think, start climbing at this certain peak. Um, oh, yeah, your yeah. Brain gets, They're deprived of oxygen, yeah, glucose, you know. Yeah, and it, like, uh, starts hallucinations. But Superman, he can't, like, succumb to it because he, he can't die from it. But he can still see the hallucinations. So he's talking to his dad. His dad's telling him that lesson, like, dude. Build, he's like, want. build it, they will come. <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> that's actually that's actually a good one. But yeah, no, he's just telling them it's like, dude, you, it's like, even though you can't save everyone, that doesn't mean you should stop trying. You know, he's telling them that life lesson, like you know, he may have saved the Kent farm, but it ended up like you know that. Well, his dad, you know, he and his family, they were trying to save their farm from a flood, and they ended up uh, rerouting it. But it ended up pouring into the uh, Lana Lang farm, Lana uh, Lang's family's farm. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to watch Man of Steel the other day, um, but for some reason it won't work. I watched uh, the Superman oh, series. What, what are we, how did we get to this fucking point? How did we get to this point? Back to robots. How do we do this? I don't know. How do we do this every time? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so I would say yes to Big Guy and Rusty. I'm going to watch some more of it. It was a lot of fun, and the animation's really solid. It is. No, it definitely is. And Rusty, to me, also, it was definitely like an homage to Astro Boy. Oh, totally. Yeah, the whole thing is a love letter to Japanese entertainment. Oh, yeah. Gigantron, Gigantron Astro Boy, right then and there. It's just right in front of your face. What was that um, most extreme elimination challenge? Now, that's like the only thing that was left out of Japanese entertainment they could have. <laughs> Fucking love uh, the show. Oh, my God. That stuff was ridiculous. <laughs> oh, man. Very eccentric. I love it, but... My God. (laughs) Our second series is actually the one I enjoyed the most. Uh, Part of it is because I am a child of the 80s. Well, technically 77, but you know, your first three years, what do you remember, honestly? 
So I would say it's, it's usually like your um, grade school years and middle school years are the ones that you really focus on. Like I was a 90s child because you, you're born in 89. So yeah. well, you're really on this weird line though because you ride the late 90s, early 2000s as a teenager. Yep, I did. Uh, 2000s, yeah, two, uh, yeah, the early 2000s was my teenage, were my teenage years. Yeah, by the time 1990 hit, I was 13. So, yes, yeah, still I would say the early 90s are part of my growing up. I would just say it's whatever first grade, or I'm sorry, kindergarten to probably eighth grade are those really strong years where you're developing who you are and you watch a lot of cartoons, you read a lot of comics or toys, and, you know, start sports and stuff like that. And then, you know, once high school hits, it's uh, like adult time almost. It's like now you got to slowly start thinking about jobs, making money. You know, what am I going to do? Am I going to go to college? It's not as fun. So when you say you're an 80s kid, it's, it's like that kind of chunk. That, that's what it was for me. Um, whatever Happened to Robot Jones is a love letter to, um, not to you, what, what, what the hell are the, you know, I'm just a bill. Um, School, schoolhouse, schoolhouse Rock. Rock. Yeah, that's it was by the same uh, animator. Is it the same animator or is it the same style? No, it's, I think it's definitely the same animator. Oh, because it, it definitely looks like the same style, and that's part of the appeal. Also, it is set in the 80s, so that's another enjoyable part. But I also just think it's a really well-written show. It's very funny. The stories are universal, even though, yes, it has a robot. And there's a lot of humor to be mined out of the juxtaposition of what we have now and what we had then like his father is a computer but he's like one of those old gigantic computers you know and, and the grandpa's even bigger than that and it doesn't even talk it just makes beeps and boop sounds right and he's just and his only arm is just this one crane and he is like a, just a simple robotic <laughs> monotonous and boring <laughs> Uh, the guy who created this, Greg Miller, he uh, worked on Dexter's Laboratory for years, so you feel a lot of that humor. Um, My Life as a Teenage Robot is another robot show not related to this one, which was much more successful. Whatever Happened to Robot Jones, my sister talked about it. She said it was fantastic. I needed to see it. And I just never got around to it. And it got canceled so quickly, and I was really disappointed. Um but, you know, at least he's found success later. He's been doing stuff for Netflix. He's doing uh, DreamWorks adaptations. So he did Home for Netflix, and he's also doing Peabody and Sherman. By the way, that Peabody and Sherman movie is pretty damn good. I can't believe it was, it was unsuccessful. Well, monetarily, yeah, no. Well, yeah. Critics critics did love it, though. So it got good ratings. That it, it, it at least had going for it. It's just, you know, Next Generation didn't have too much of an interest in it. But I'm like, come on, it's Nickelodeon. You kids still watch Nickelodeon, right? Yeah. Well, nostalgia pieces do have a rough road, like the Muppets. You know, you and I thought both Muppet movies uh, were phenomenal. The first one did okay. The second one was a, a, a flop. And, um, you know, then they went to the TV series, which I thought was great, too. And then also, that flopped. So it's just some things, they're good, but just don't have support from the next generations. Well, as far as it goes for uh, Robot Jones, no, you were right. It's definitely like a throwback to um, Schoolhouse of Rock. The animation was it wasn't the actual animator but uh, when it came to uh when it came to the muppets tv show i mean it was definitely more developed like the office yes. there was just a lot of you know behind the scenes like bs that was going on between uh great oh god well uh main producer of the office and uh what's his greg hurwitz i think it's either greg hurwitz i i think it might have been him yeah there was because he wanted to keep going into that more kind of like office kind of audience you know more mature funny 
And heck, even Ed Helms did appear in an episode as himself when they all did karaoke. And, uh, yeah, no, Disney was just, like, saying, no, not this. We should do more like that and just cancel the show altogether. I couldn't even get the episodes on Hulu anymore. Oh, yeah, I've been meaning to watch them, and I just don't know where to find them. You know, when they launched that Disney app at the end of this year, I'm hoping they're going to fully load it with all of their entertainment, especially the stuff that they've never put on DVD. You know, they still have, like, a couple dozen movies that were in theaters that have never seen a DVD release and stuff that was on um, television. You know, they had they used to have a whole season's worth of original films that they would show on Sunday nights on ABC. And there's probably 16 movies a year they made. And they're decent budget movies, like, you know, 5 to $10 million. And I remember all of them being pretty great. They came out on VHS for the most part, but they never went beyond VHS. I remember their one with a young Kurt Russell, and he was just like, he became the super genius. Yeah, well, those are on DVD. There's a Kurt Russell collection with all those. But um, I think it's called The Computer War Tennis Shoes. But I'm talking like there was one called Mr. Oogity Boogity or Boogity Man or something like that. There was a couple of those. They did The Parent Trap 2 and 3, um, Not Quite Human, which is about Alan Thicke raising a robot boy. Um, my favorite was Brat Patrol, which was Sean Astin and his friends on a military base, and they're kind of outcasts, but they stumble upon uh. this whole deal where these guys are selling guns on the black market through the base, and uh, it, it's kind of like the Goonies and its attitude, or Iron Eagle. It's, it was a lot of fun, but there's only one version I've ever seen, it's really like poor quality. Damn. But that's what it, and wow. Disney and you know Disney's been sitting on a lot of their properties. You know a lot of those cartoons and TV series have just been kind of sitting in the wasteland. They've never completed, and uh, I hope that's what the app is going to be about. You know, uh, releasing right. the catalog. Yeah, I think they're also going to put on you know since they own Star Wars and Marvel, they'll be putting stuff on there too. I want to see Except droids. The, I want to uh, see droids and Ewoks, the old eighty series. Oh God, yes, they own that now. So why not? Also. uh DuckTales is still going strong. I mean, they're, with the new series that they have going on. Yeah. And I can see them so updating. They really need to look at their catalog of characters they've been ignoring forever. I don't understand how Mickey's their mascot, but they rarely ever make anything anymore. It's been like 30 years since they really did anything with that character. I know. Just like make a classic animated movie about, you know, you know the classic characters adapting. I mean, they still appear in Kingdom Hearts. So, you know, that's yeah. cool. Uh, yeah, Robot Jones, Back okay. to Robot, Robot Jones. Jones. Uh, this is one of those shows where the network kept futzing with it. It was originally part of Cartoon Cartoons. Cartoon Cartoons was kind of like a variety animated show, like an anthology, where it was usually something different every single episode. It was more like a pilot, like a testing ground to see what people liked. And Robot Jones was the final one to be adapted into a full series. And, you know, the first chunk they were happy with, the second chunk... They didn't know what to do with because the ratings weren't as good as they wanted to be. They wanted to change things, you know. So Greg Miller quit. Uh, the show was canceled, I think, just as the second season was starting. And uh, apparently there's still a ton of episodes sitting, like, in a warehouse somewhere, undone. You know, just unfinished, I mean. Yeah, during its second season, uh, it was when it was canceled. Yeah, just then a... there's some of the, uh, yeah, a lot of the episodes were left unfinished. It's a real bummer. It's just one of these things that just really gets under my skin because it's like, well, you've done most of the work. Why don't you just finish off? What would be nice is if the Disney app was a place for unfinished projects or barely released stuff so you could rediscover it. If they're going to compete with Netflix, they got to find a niche audience and they got to – wait, no, I'm sorry. Disney doesn't own – Cartoon Network owns whatever happened to Robert Jones. I'm going to shut the hell up now. 
I, I don't know how I did that. <laughs> Damn it, Disney. <laughs> well, yeah. Disney buys up everything anyway. Any day now, they're probably going to buy Warner Brothers catalog because since Warner Brothers isn't doing very well financially. Seriously, look at their catalog of movies over the last five years, and they're all very, very expensive flops in America that only barely make the money back in international. I can see Warner Brothers being sold off. Yeah, I know. Even Time Warner's uh, discuss, uh, debating on it. Yeah. It's just, you know, uh, they already own Fox, but I don't think Disney's really interested in Fox's properties. I think they want the catalog, and then they're going to sell off the properties. And Warner Brothers uh, ate up New Line Cinema, and New Line Cinema was always the place where they had innovative hits. But there was a streak there around 2007, 2008, where things started going horribly wrong. And so they fired everybody at New Line Cinema, and they just added it to their label. Um, as like just a production company, so Disney would own New Line Cinema too. The if they did that, you know, someone's out there is going to own the house of Freddy. You know, it's it's weird. Oh, good lord! <laughs> At this point, yeah. He's However, just gonna, he's I just mean, gonna, if Disney buys him, he's going to be uh, a guy with a, a skin problem and suction cups on his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> God no, no man. Oh God, nothing. Uh... I hate how they'd have to PG everything. Yeah. They can't PG Deadpool. Deadpool's already done, so... Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Well, no, they could. They could edit the crap out of that. They could. But the deal isn't done yet because the FCC still has to go through the paperwork, see if it's okay, that it's not monopolizing anything. And like I said, I think they only want certain properties. But Deadpool... You know, there was a time when Disney did R-rated stuff. That's why Touchstone Pictures existed. That's why Hollywood Pictures existed. That's why they bought Dimension and Miramax, because they had a wide catalog of every type of movie. But it seems like Disney right now is only focused on movies that cost $200 million and are big, massive sci-fi fantasy festivals. You know, where's the lower budget stuff? I just don't know anymore. Uh, voice actors on Robot Jones. I could have swore Seth Green was in that pilot episode, I could, I, but I don't see any history of it here. Um, Josh Peck, Maurice LaMarche, David Koechner, uh, Getty Watanabe, all like kind of well-known character. Getty Watanabe playing one of the characters. Like when you watch it now in Sixteen Candles, Long Duck Dong seems horribly offensive. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, I you know in the eighties they were just like whatever people will get a kick out of it. I mean, shit. Look at fucking Breakfast at Tiffany's, Mick and Rooney's character. Oh yeah, that was the sixties. That was even worse. I was watching oh, basketball. God, yeah. I was watching basketball this morning, and I'm like, "Oh, oh, 20 years later, that is really offensive." <laughs> oh, but still, basketball is fucking hilarious. Oh, it it God, is no. pretty good, but it's not as good as I I want it to be. But it also feels like, yes, it was done by the Zucker Brothers. Yes, it was released by Universal. Yes, it was promoted heavily. But it feels like a punk rock independent film. Like it's just like this thing probably costs like eight million dollars, ten million dollars, and it's just a bunch of guys screwing around, having fun. Pretty much, yeah. Oh no! Let's not forget Revenge of the Nerds, fucking Takeshi. Oh, <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds affected. I, I have a crush. Yeah, the, the end of that movie really makes me uncomfortable. The second one's better. The second one is infinitely better than the first movie, and I know everybody will argue with me. And yes, it's PG thirteen, but it's a really fun film. I know. I do miss. Uh, I definitely miss Gilbert for sure. Yeah, that you know he's fun. barely in the second one. That's always a bummer. I wish I wish he was in more of it. But you know he was off doing his own movies by then. Right, yeah, but uh, in the movie, he was there for like a couple parts here and there. He, yeah. he had a broken leg, so he couldn't go, so that worked. Um, but anyway. Yeah, so... Robot our, Jones. What? What? I, know, I said Robot Jones. Yes. Robot what Jones, Robot Jones, uh-uh, Robot Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They all had to be like these short little segments, too, so it was easy to get through. 
And honestly, it was actually um, there was this Voice Your Choice uh, weekend that uh, Cartoon Network had going on, and it did win second place behind Grim and Evil. Grim and Evil is actually pretty good too. You know, I was supposed to do another episode this month as a final goodbye with uh, Andrew Camacho because we've been doing the Cartoon Network stuff. I don't know when I'm going to get to it, but we're supposed to do Grim and Evil, uh, Billy and Mandy, Courage the Cowardly Dog. This was supposed to be our Halloween episode, and things just went horribly wrong. Um, we've been trying to play catch up ever since. Dude, is Milton Bradley still around? Do you notice it all in toys? Is he still around? I'll have to... I mean, I'd have to look at the board games and stuff, but I don't think so. The, uh... We were discussing right before we hit record, and probably heard me say, Record! <laughs> Awkwardly. <laughs> um, a lot of those old tapes that were saved were recorded in mono, and then you transfer them over to stereo, or even more, the digital... And they sound so bad. I mean, so incredibly bad. That high-pitched hiss, and sometimes there's a squeal. It's kind of a, a bummer that a lot of this stuff is lost, and the only way you can watch is these shitty, shitty old YouTube versions. Right. And, oh, and if you listen closely, you can hear a seal barking in the background. It's <laughs> that bad. <laughs> uh, robotics is a very, at least at the time, I recall it being a very, very expensive toy. It was kind of a mixture of the Transformers world, um, mixed with like RC cars and hobby kind of things, you had to build this stuff. It was all motorized. Yeah, erector. Yeah, it was yeah, just like erector stack connects. Yeah, it was like that, and it was just it was really pricey. I don't know anybody who had them, and it wasn't a very popular line. And usually, you, you can usually tell when a toy line wasn't very popular is because the cartoon was extremely short lived or barely put together. Sometimes there was one toy. I mean, no, two toys I can think of that were insanely popular for a while that had no cartoons, and that was Muscle Toys and Micro Machines. Oh, Micro Machines. Oh, my God, yes. Micro Machines. Jesus. That was a commercial that was on every 10 seconds, especially on cartoons and everything. Yeah. But, you know, that went on for a long time. I don't think Muscle Toys lasted that long, but Muscle Toys have come back. Do you know what I'm talking about? They're like these little pink toys that look like alien wrestler kind of things. I think I know Ultimate Muscle. Yeah, well, I mean, I think they became Ultimate Muscle. And they're also it was a Japanese toy, and I think they had a cartoon over there. But over in America, they were just like, eh, just throw like six of them in a little container for a buck ninety nine. Who gives a shit about them? They didn't even bother to color them. They were just like pink, you know, the same thing as the plastic mold. They didn't do any animated stuff, no comic books, nothing. And during the eighties, that was a weird anomaly. But they've come back in the last few years. Someone bought the license. <laughs> And they decide, well, we're not going to just do the old muscle toys. We're going to license characters. So they have the aliens, like you know, you know, the alien series. You know, so they got a little Ripley, they got the chestburster, they got the the queen alien as little muscle toys. You got to look it up; it's crazy. Yeah, I think I remember that. Uh, there was a show, like I think in early two thousands, called Ultimate Muscle. That's when I first heard of it. Okay, yeah, I, I think it started in America around eighty six, but. 
my point is is that there's a lot of these like short-lived barely like one line only toys and it's usually because they were cheap shit robotics is a little bit different because it was expensive and complicated right and again this series was very short-lived i i never even heard of it until you mentioned it to me yeah but it was actually um it was produced by sunbow and marvel and, and I think I feel like fifty percent of the cartoons I watched during my childhood were from these companies. It just like Marvel was a gun for hire back then. Yes, they had their comic line, but it's funny how few comic book adaptations they did. They did Amazing Spider-Man and his friends, and Incredible Hulk, and that was it. I think they tried an X-Men pilot, and you know after that they were just like, well, let's just rent our studio out to companies. You know, like oh, you got a new toy line coming out? Well, pay us a licensing fee or whatever. You'll own the rights. We'll do the work for you, and then we'll split the profits of the syndication. Like that's a really good idea, and I don't. I wonder. I, I, Marvel Productions. I wonder if they went out of business because of the whole Ron Perlman, you know, Revlon bullshit, or uh, Enron bullshit. No, there's a guy. He owned Revlon, and he went around buying up all these companies in the late '80s. He bought New World Entertainment. He bought. Uh, I want to play. He bought some baseball company. I want to say it was Upper Deck, maybe. And then he bought Marvel. And what he would do is he would load his company up with debt buying other companies. And it's almost like he purposely bankrupt them, like the way Toys R Us went bankrupt. It's these hedge fund guys who are loading it with debt so they can buy other things. And then when it goes bankrupt, they just go, fuck it, we'll just do a tax write-off and we'll sell what's left of it to someone else and keep going forward. Yeah. So that's what this guy did. You know, Marvel almost – no, I think actually Marvel did go bankrupt in eighty uh, in 96. Oh, they did? I'm pretty sure they did. I'm looking at it right here. Okay, so this is what happened. Um, it was Frizz Freeling and DePatty's uh, company from 63 to 81. Mostly they were known for doing the Pink Panther series and mm. uh, spinoffs. And they sold it to Marvel in 1981. And they ran it until 93. I'm going to try to look at it. Uh, yeah, New World was spun off with Marvel Animation. Given $20 million to make cartoons. It was called New World Animation from 93 to 96, and then died a horrible death in 96. And all the assets that Marvel actually owned um, were are now owned by Disney. Some of the stuff, which was animated by Marvel, but owned by Saban, is owned by Fox now. Ah, okay. Oh, yeah. This is... The Saban Entertainment has its own thing. Yeah. I'm trying to look here. Too bad they couldn't get wow. They did well, Again, I kind of wish that you know the new Power Rangers succeeded, but I couldn't even finish it. I couldn't finish it, dude. I got it about an hour into it, and I go, "I'm done. I'm just done." Does it get better? Oh, yeah, it definitely does get better. That's when like they really start to come together, and the action really starts, and you get to find out more about them. Like some really, you 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 when you get to uh, Kimberly's revelation, you'd be like, "God, Kim, you were a bitch." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it's it, but uh, everybody's saying like um, like what producers, like filmmakers, fans, even the actors are saying like uh, a second uh, second movie's just not out of sight just yet. They're gonna have to lower that budget. They did it for a hundred million dollars, which is mind boggling because nothing happened in the first hour. Um, it looked like it cost about ten million, so that's why I just kind of gave up. But um, Saban Entertainment now Saban, of course, does tons of animated stuff, and I think he does our next cartoon, which we'll discuss here in a little bit, but. He buys these, like, somewhat mid-level uh, action films, adventure films. You know, and I think he buys them for, like, a couple million dollars. And mostly it's just to sell to, you know, syndication or video on demand. 
and right. he's kind of known for just throwing away projects, which is annoying because um, my pal Chad Law, who has done, uh, I don't know, three or four episodes of Video Night, our other podcast, he just sold his next film to uh, Saban, and I'm going to guarantee you that it's released on like 10 screens, and then it's going to go video on demand and get thrown away, just like everything else. I don't know what Saban's doing, if he's doing a tax write-off or it's international sales that he's looking for. I don't know. Hmm. Who knows? But yeah, uh, as far as it goes, Robotics was uh, it was a very short show. They only had like six-minute shorts. Yeah, which and, is weird because it's part of a show called Super Sunday, um, and it was with Gem and the Holograms, Inhumanoids, Bigfoot and the Muscle Machines, but I feel like they were all a half hour. So robotics is the only one that seems to be like you know really really short bits. Oh yeah, definitely. And it was canceled right after its debut season. Although Gemini and Humanoids got success. Yeah, Bigfoot. No, I don't. Even, I don't even remember Bigfoot. I remember the intro, and I used to watch this. Um, Fox. Well, it wasn't Fox. It was Super Fifty Five, and um, then it became Fox affiliate in eighty seven. And they had all of these shows on Saturday and Sunday morning that got wiped out once Fox came in and said, okay, well, you're going to do this package, you're going to do this package. And so um, Robotics might have been a second season, but with that kind of deal going on, you know, I just, you know, maybe it's for the best. So we watched the whole thing. I didn't know that the movie was the entire first season. Oh, yeah, no, neither did I until uh, I ended up reading about it. However, I mean, it definitely had more of a Transformers vibe. Heck, they even had uh, Peter Cullen and Frank Welker who voiced some of the characters in this show. Yeah, well, every cartoon seems to have Frank Welker. It's insane how many... It's like a 50-50 shot. Maybe it's 75%. Like, God damn it, Frank Welker, we've had enough of you! Like, every time that someone goes in for a test reading, they're like, well, Welker's here, I might as well just go. I'm just gonna go. That's it. That's it. I'm done. (laughs) We're finished. We're done. Game over, man. Game over. Put her in charge. <laughs> uh, this is a Hasbro property, I guess. It's it's weird. I thought it said it. I thought it said it was uh, Milton Bradley. Mark Milton Bradley. That's weird. In the commercial, it says Milton Bradley, but here it says Hasbro. Plaster um, Television. Plaster was one of those syndicated companies that got bought up. They used to just make stuff on the cheap and send it out to all those independent stations that weren't affiliated with the network yet. Uh, I, I feel like there's a lot of awkwardness in how the toys were designed, so it makes it even look sillier when you put it in a cartoon. So I'm not going to say this is a winner, but it did make me feel nostalgic for my childhood because there's just a certain era of cartoons that all had the same exact look. They were all based on toys. They were usually cheap and flimsy, but they're fun. And uh, I like the fact that they purposely tried to make it look like the toy, even though the toy was ridiculous. Okay, I have to look at the images of the toy now because all I did was look at the cartoon. <laughs> now that you mentioned that, I'm probably going to hate it now. But like, what the fuck? Well, you know, you and I talked about Robotron, and Robotron was another very short-lived. Um, I think it had one special, and it just looks ridiculous. And it just was a thing for a brief <laughs> moment, like Rom. Rom was a toy from Remco. And they licensed the character out to Marvel, and I think Marvel only planned on doing like six issues. And um, it became a phenomenal hit, and it ran for, I think, 70 issues. I think I gave you the final issue oh, recently. Wow. No cartoon, though. That's the weirdest thing, is usually there was a cartoon with the comic, and the cartoon usually lasted longer than the comic. Wait a second. Is it, didn't you send me ROM? I uh, did, yeah. I sent you a couple ROM oh, issues. Oh, God. I, 
oh, I did. I've read those issues. I actually like ROM. Yeah, and the problem with ROM is that the rights to those comic books, yes, they were done by Marvel, but Remco paid for them. But Remco went out of business. So nobody has the rights to ROM, as far as I know, um, for reprinting those issues. Um, but the the character has been revived um, in newer stuff. I think for Dynamite. I think I'm pretty sure it's Dynamite that's doing them now. Oh, uh, okay. But, but Dynamite. He's, yeah, he's part of the whole Hasbro universe, so it's supposed to be like Visionaries and Mask and GI Joe, Transformers and Rom. Oh, uh, okay. You yeah, know, Rom would make a lot more sense. Just as long as they don't try to cram everything into just one movie. Oh, cartoons. yeah, make it a slow... They should just turn into an animated series. Just do an animated series where we can watch, you know, bit by bit, you know, as it develops. Exactly. Do it for Netflix. They have a budget, you know, instead of cheapo animation, which is the problem with our final cartoon on this episode is Battletech. Saban Entertainment was known for doing interesting ideas. Stuff that nobody else was really doing or reviving a character that you hadn't seen in a while. But the animation was always really, really cheap. I just It drove me up the wall watching Battletech because it seemed like a really good concept. I've never played the game. I know it's Phenomenon, but I've never played it. And I just feel like it deserved better. Oh, yeah. No, it definitely did. I liked the animation of it. And there was like a huge array of characters. And it was, you know, all deep space. Very, you know, territorial, colonial, political driven mm-hmm. however i think there was something re- behind the scenes stuff regarding uh copyrights and whatnot because i'm i think uh i think i think i'm pretty sure like i don't know the makers of BattleTech got sued there was definitely a lawsuit involved huh yeah i don't know anything about this now i think it's funny is that you like the animation and i don't and i think it's also a generational thing because the style that they use in BattleTech is something more akin to that you know, you know, X-Men changed animation for a while. Like, they had a very particular look, and it seemed like there was about 15 other action shows around that time that had the same exact look. And Battletech is one of those. Now, I like the storyline of the X-Men series. I hate the animation. Oh, yeah, no. Um, yeah, that's definitely a generational thing. Looking back on it, I was like, okay, yeah, no, they definitely just, you know, could have done better here. And they just repeat, used, like, the same scenes and use uh, uh, storyboards over. Yeah. I'm looking at the creators and the the voice actors. I don't know any of these people. I mean, not a single one. I'm looking at all the voice actors. Nothing. I got nothing here. I had the creators, nothing. I I don't know where these guys came from. So it's it's Saban. I think he. I feel like he hired a French company to do some of this animation. Maybe that's why I don't recognize him. Possibly, yeah. I, I thought it'd be Canadian. Yeah, IMDb has nothing. But uh, one of the guys that created it, Marty Eisenberg, he has written on a bunch of animated stuff. Uh, ben 10, Guardians of the Galaxy animated series is going right now. So he's working heavily. I'm, I'm going to see what else he did around the era. Uh, he worked on Ultra Force. Okay, that makes sense because that's the same look. Dog City. Holy shit, I f- totally forgot about that. And he did work on X-Men. Ah, uh, okay. Well, as far as like you know, the facial structure goes, yeah, it definitely looks reminiscent to Ultra Force and X-Men. But yeah. as far as like Battletech went, I mean, it did seem kind of uh, a little bit confusing, especially uh, you know for a younger audience. I mean, all this stuff working out, you know, this nation, that nation, those robots, that robot. Everybody has to pilot, you know, a particular robot. It definitely, like again, it was like too much for like kids to grasp. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't mean that it has to be geared towards kids though. But that's probably where they sold the show. Most likely, yeah. I mean, of course, animation, especially back, uh, you know, like around then, yeah, it's always so sold towards uh, children. Like, some of it couldn't be taken seriously. However, this one was 
uh, I think, trying to break ground on that. And it only lasted, like, 13 episodes. Yeah. I'm looking at some Yeah, of no, this. it's... There's the, the other guy that created this, Robert Skur. He did most of the same stuff. I guess they're writing partners. But there's one in here that I've never heard of, and it looks like complete and absolute shit, called Stone Protectors. Do you remember that mm-hmm. one? No. <laughs> Let me look at it. Hold on. I mean, I'll have to look this up. Oh, mm-hmm. but as far as it goes for um, for a Battletech, I think it got confused with Battle Mech. And well, I think that's why they had to change the, the name. What the hell's Battle Mech? I, don't, I gotta look that up. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Fuck if I know. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, no, they, uh, three, they did try to blend uh, 3D and regular 2D animation. This was this was very early 3D animation. And yeah, I definitely. Not here for it. Well, I mean, you said well, you and I have talked about it. It works for reboot. I don't think it worked for Beast Wars as well um, because it's trying to do organic, but as robotic, and it didn't look right. Whereas reboot's completely in a computer world. That's why it looks okay. But when you combine, and they did this a ton, like there's a lot of stuff for like the next decade. From like 93 to 2003, there was a combination of 2D and 3D, and it never gelled. No, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, um, let's see. We just mentioned 2D and 3D blend. Ah, crap. Well, do you remember one of the biggest budget movies uh, at that time was Treasure Planet, where they combined both. That was, you know, that required a hundred million dollars and Disney power, and it still just didn't really look exactly like it fit. Right, but I honestly thought that oh, Treasure Planet worked out really well. I thought that blended perfectly. Stay with the Atlantis. Yeah, I, I those okay. So for me, Disney kind of fell apart around there. Tarzan was phenomenal, and they used computer technology for his sliding sequences, and that doesn't stick out like a sore thumb because they did it in a, in a 2D way. But um, I thought Atlantis and uh, there's an era there where they were trying to make more action-oriented stuff, and maybe if I revisit it, I'll like it better, but Treasure Planet, Atlantis, and Titan AE were interesting but failed experiments. Uh well, I mean, for me, I don't, know, I don't think Atlantis failed. I ended up seeing that in theaters with my grandmother. She took me to see it. Well, I really uh, wanted... you also have to take in consideration I was 20, you know, I was in my early 20s at the time. <laughs> yeah, no, I was a young kid when I saw those, especially Treasure Planet. I mean, it, yeah, you were 11, I think, you know, or 12. Most likely, yeah. I remember, like, my dad had a different house in Napa. I was probably 12 or 13 at the time. Yeah, but uh, again, just like, you know, bringing me back to that, you know, sense of adventure that, you know, those. You know, high seas. Well, instead of the high seas, it's deep space now, and just you know the visuals and the you know the voice acting, which well, of course, main character was voiced by uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and they had Martin Short and uh, David Hyde Pierce. Well, you know what? Let's uh, let's try to make that an episode where we revisit those two movies, or, or hell, just just watch all three of those. Maybe even throw in a fourth movie around that era that um, you know was more action oriented. Uh, that could be an upcoming episode. But I do feel like we've come to the end of this episode. Um, is there anything else you want to say about any of these cartoons before we go? Well, I definitely want to see more of Big Guy and Rusty. That definitely needed more syndication and a longer, uh, yeah. more episodes. The first two were infinitely better than the last two. So our next episode will be wrapping up the rest of the robot cartoons. We'll try to find four more. And uh, I don't think we'll have that much to talk about them because uh, we've kind of scanned it. But they seem like they might be good for like a mini-sode. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll actually be in the same room next week, so we can watch these now and discuss them then. Of course, and let's not forget Ready Player One. 
Ready Player One and hell, while we're at it, I mean, I'm going to be there for like four days, so maybe we'll get to do the Batman Mask of the Phantasm as well as a mini-sode. And, uh, <laughs> okay, so here's the deal. is I've said for four years now that I don't ask for money. Problem is, is my equipment is falling apart. Yes, I have a full-time job. The problem is, is that bills have gone through the roof because, uh, well, um, it, it, it's hard to explain, but... Um, I'm not getting sad, but uh, my dog had cancer. Uh, cost me six thousand dollars to save her life. Then all the chemo, and I still lost her. Uh, but I mean, we got good six months with her, so there's that. But um, that that year of no interest is coming around, where it jacks up to twenty percent. So I have to save every single cent for that. So I have no money really at all, and um, that's why you're getting so few episodes of the podcast is because I can only afford to host like three or four a month instead of the usual like two a week and i need help you know we need we need better sounds so i need new equipment i need to get more shows going and i would love to be able to hire an editor which can't cost that much so we've opened a patreon for retro rock entertainment which is the big umbrella which all the podcasts are under if you feel like signing up that'd be great there's Real basic ones, like dollar and five dollars, you get thanks from us and everything like that. And there's more elaborate packages where you get shirts from us, or you get to control episodes if they want us to discuss something on Back in Tunes. I'm glad to do that because you know that's like a twenty-five dollar or fifty dollar tier. So you're gonna give me fifty bucks, I'll discuss any cartoon you want me to. <laughs> Even if they had like, a, oh god, maybe, wait, have we ever discussed Fritz the Cat? We haven't. You know, we've discussed quite a few Ralph Bakshi's. But it's from that one chunk of his career. We did Lord of the Rings, Fire and Ice, American Pop, and we did Cool World. But, you know, there's a lot that he hasn't, uh, that we haven't discussed. Uh, there's Fritz the Cat, then there's Heavy Traffic, Hey Good Looking, then the really controversial one called Street Fight, but it was originally called Coonskin, and it was taken out oh. of the theaters. He wasn't trying to be racist. He was trying to make a point, but people misunderstood it, so they got pulled off of, uh, pulled out of the theaters, and then it, it disappeared oh. for like 15 years. It disappeared. Um, he's also done the Mighty Mouse Adventures with um, John John Crickfalusi, which is really great. Um, that's the one we should discuss. I was thinking some of the stuff that's a little more obscure, that's harder to get an audience, maybe doing mini-sodes about those and putting them as a Patreon reward. If you pay like five bucks a month, you get access to two mini-sodes a month where we discuss like more obscure stuff. Not that Battletech isn't insanely obscure or robo- robo- robotics, but you know. <laughs> but uh, that's something I was thinking about because we talk about ending back in tunes, but it would be interesting to knock out like 10, 15 minute episodes a couple times a month with just talking about really obscure cartoons. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Oh my gosh. Especially like, Oh, we've already discussed heavy metal, right? We have, but there's, there's, I'm talking like, we don't really do pre 1980s stuff. There's a lot of stuff, you know, from the, well, just from theatrical alone, we've never done like Hackle and Jackal, you know, Mighty Mouse, uh, Deputy Dog, um, Woody Woodpecker. Spy and, spy. What's that? Spy versus Spy. Was there a Spy versus Spy? Well, there was a Spy versus Spy cartoon on Mad TV, but I don't think there was an. Uh, um, no, I don't believe there was an independent series of that. Or what about uh, TV Funhouse uh, by Saturday Night Live? Yeah, there's a lot of like little things. Well, I mean, we could do a whole episode about animated music videos. Ralph Bakshi did a video for um, uh, Rolling Stones. 
You know, and then there's MC uh, Scat Cat. Okay, explain to me, MC Scat Cat, how that's that, that sounds filthy now. I don't think they had that back then, but they, <laughs> Scat Cat sounds like a cat that's just pooping on people, and they love it. MC Scat Cat, that's the dumbest fucking name I've ever heard. Do you not know what I'm talking about? The Paula Abdul song where she sang with a rapping cat? <laughs> no. What the fuck? This, is, this song was in the top ten. Oh my god. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. I was gonna play the final theme song for the No, I'm going I'm going to play this song for you. Oh, by the way, oh we, we, we both I we somehow we skipped this. Um one of the news things that really bugged us this week is that Fox got cold feet about Isle of Dogs, Wes Anderson's new stop motion animated film. And you know what, Fox, every time you do this, you screw it up. Do I need to remind you of Idiocracy? Just because you don't get the movie doesn't mean it's not going to be a great film that's going to make money. Just stick to your guns for once, for Pete's sake. Except, well, they did stick to their guns, and their guns you know, sh- ended up shooting blanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just that movie. It's Wes Anderson, for Pete's sake. The guy's Oscar-nominated. He's critically acclaimed. He has a strong fan following. Don't tell me. Our, well, look at Fantastic Mr. Fox. I think it's from the same company, and it made money. So why are they pulling back exactly. on this? I, I don't know. Nitwits, I tell you. Yes. Okay, opposites attract. Now, you're going to need to go watch the video, but this is how we're going to end it with a rapping fucking cat. I think he even had his own album. The animation in it is great. That's MC Scat Cat, and he, the whole video is just him. It's really good animation. But, you know, there's Take On Me. Um, there's that corn video that Todd McFarlane animated. Uh, I feel like there was oh, one. Yeah. Wasn't there Land of Confusion that was done by Todd McFarlane as well? Like he read the old Genesis song? Oh, was it like a, it was by Disturbed, wasn't it? Was it Disturbed? Okay. You know, Disturbed and then, is when it was Yeah, and it. then there's oh. like, like early CGI when... Um, um, Shit, what's his name? He, he was in Genesis as well. You know, Sledgehammer. Uh, Peter, uh, Peter Gabriel. Yeah, Peter Gabriel did a CGI one when CGI was really fresh called Steam, which is great. So we could do yeah, a whole episode where we just watch. Yeah, we could watch and reco- you know, like discuss animated music videos. Oh, you two, Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me, which is from the Batman Forever soundtrack. Was that Double animated? Look. I didn't remember that. Yes, definitely. Look it up when you get the chance, dude. Right. Oh, my God. I loved it. I still love it to this day. All right, everybody. We'll be back in a little while with a new episode. We're going to try to stay more regular, and hopefully I stop getting sick. Seriously, pneumonia. Two different types of pneumonia, and it's only March you know, 19th, and I've had it twice, or March 21st, and I've had it twice this year. That's crazy. So uh, staying healthier, putting some of the other shows on the back burner while we focus more on back in tunes. So, Jacob, thank you very much, and send us out. All right, everybody. Okay, every, have a good night. Namaste. Good luck. Be excellent to each other, as Michael would say. Yes, I right. would. Monroe, <laughs> Lou. I don't know when I became Ted Knight. <laughs>
Why, hello, listeners out there. I'm Dr. Meacham, and over there is my robot, Jacobtron3000. How are you, Jacobtron? I'm doing fine. Wait a moment. Why did I say I'm doing fine? I am a robot. Oh my gosh. I'm developing emotion. This does not compute. Error, error, malfunction, 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 malfunction. Yes, we'd like to say that, uh... Michael and Jacob were not available this episode, so we're going to be sitting in, add a little bit of brains in class to the show, in placement of their vulgarities and silly nonsense. Oh, luckily I carry an extra head. Yes, of course, we are here to talk about our special lineup of robot-based episodes. Yes, if we held these voices the entire time, you'd be confused and frankly... You probably quit listening. So, let's go back to our other voices, Jacob Tron. Hey, uh, I don't think I could do that for the whole half hour. What if we did that? We just chose characters every single time that we did the episodes. Jacob, you there? You're not. What? I hear you moving around. <laughs> what are you doing? Okay, did you get your uh, system lined up and compute? You get your vocal chips installed? I did, actually. <laughs> I'm, uh, of course, I am the more superior model. Ha, 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 ha. You're like Hold the on. liquid Terminator instead of the straight up just, uh, what is it, T-1000 to the T-800? Of course, correct. Hold on. Changing, adding new implementation of vocal pronunciation. <laughs> no more monotone. Hold on. <coughs> oh, okay, awesome, sweet. That's, a, that's much better. Oh, the hills are alive. Okay, good. I have different range now. Good. <laughs> All right, everybody. This episode is kind of mini-sode, sort of. I don't know. We say mini-sode sometimes. We go on for 45 minutes. It's not really a mini-sode. But we were talking about what robot cartoons to do last time, and we found all these extra ones. We're like, well, these aren't really... Like, I, I don't think they can fill a whole episode because they're not that discussion-worthy. But we're just going to do a kind of a robot roundup. You know, the wrap-up of whatever's left on our list that we didn't get to on the last episode. So, uh, first one we'll be discussing is Transformers Headmasters, which did get finally released in America a few years ago, but for a long time it was one of those bootleg cartoons because it was only released in Japan and, like, countries that were nearby. They, 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 it was, I don't even sure they even did translations for them, but I, I feel like they did ship it to, like, Australia and New Zealand. Well, probably they were a lot closer. Also, I, I, I do have to say this was actually a really good interpretation. But oh my god, the deaths that occurred! I'm like, why? Why again? Did, this why did brutal. Optimus have to die again? And Ultra Magnus, what the fuck? But Hot Rod was still around, and he became Rodimus Prime again. So I'm yeah, like, okay. it's weird. It's like they took the settle. movie out of the equation and then just kind of redid the story. Exactly. Like you know, the difference between this and any of Michael Bay's movies was. Uh, you know, I don't know, good? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I watched the cartoon before I watched those damn live-action movies. I, I still haven't seen the fifth one. Are we on five of them now? Oh, neither am I. Five of them. Oh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's out on video, but, oh, God, I, I don't, I'm not yeah. even sure I want to watch yeah, that. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a Bumblebee movie next year. Or, no, this year. I think this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, if it tanks, oh, Transformers is done. It's all Michael Bay's fault. Yeah. It, it's all him. It's well, all then they, maybe can they finally reboot the universe? They've been talking about this Hasbro universe for a while. And it seems like it's taking forever. I, I can't believe that I've had so many Transform movies, and they're all terrible. And we've only had two G.I. Joe movies, which haven't been fantastic, I'm not going to lie. But they've been way better than the Transformers movies. 
Oh, God, yes. No, and I'm so sick of the humor that they put in Transformers, this stupid college frat boy, typical Michael Bay, yeah. bro, macho bullshit. It's like, it's more bro than it should be bro. <laughs> yeah, I remember headma- the Headmaster's line. It was a big deal. It was also in the comic books. They really pushed it, you know, just be able to take, like, a human. I'm trying to remember. It was, like, a human who could uh, transform his body and become the controller or the co-controller of the robot. Target, target Masters. Yeah. Those ones. Wait, no, that, that, that's one of them, but this is Headmasters, which is the same concept. And here's the weird thing oh. is, I feel like in the comic book, they didn't do it in the same way they did it in the cartoon, is they actually transformed their body. And the same thing in the movie when, not Spike, but his son. Uh, I haven't watched it forever. But uh, he transformed his body. I know. But, but Whitwicky was the last thing. Why, why is it when they transform that their body doesn't explode in bones and guts? I mean, they're, they're ripping their bodies apart to transform with it. It's not like they transformed around them. They transform with it. And I'm just like, no, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, no, it would definitely have to have some kind of, like, you know, spatial... It would have to have some kind of space where you're held in place and everything transforms around you and then retrofits you. So that's what I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. There was one that still, was after this. I looked it up, and I, I could have swore the show continued into another series after this. It was also exclusive to overseas. I know for a fact it is. Where the fuck is that? Head it's back. somewhere on the internet. It's somewhere out there, just like the no, Star Wars no, special. I saw it's it. There. I was looking for it. Um, Headmasters Just like the Star Wars Christmas special, it's there. Yes. <laughs> the 38 uh, uh, episodes of Transformers Headmasters, which, you know, is actually quite a few episodes. I'm actually surprised. Um, right. Season 4, season 5, the fuck? I feel like an idiot now. I can't find it. Because, you know, uh, oh, here it is. Super, oh, wow. Fight Super Robot Lifeform Transformers. Come on, man. What the hell is that? That is a That's excessive. It's just, it's excessive as um, one of the episodes we're one of the other episodes we're about to talk about one of the other shows. Man, that's nuts. (laughs) Still, I honestly, oh gosh, I wish they would kind of have taken this story and made it live action. Minus killing Optimus Prime, I'm sick of that shit. They do kill him a lot. They killed him twice in the comics, man. They just kept killing him. I'm like, no. I know, but he eventually comes back because you know he's Optimus fucking Prime. That's why. I'm Optimus Prime. I don't take shit from no one. Not even death itself. <laughs> trying to look here. I know for a fact that there was another... Okay, here it is. But it's only in Japanese. I'm sure they transformed it. Machine Hero Watoru? <laughs> no, that, is still, that still isn't right now. It's the show that Damn replaced it. it. Never mind. It's not the show that came after it. No, I know for a fact there was a cartoon that came after this. And I, I saw it and I, I forgot to write it down. Before we did this episode, it's oh. a incompetent. So... I think it's weird that Transformers didn't even last that long in America because I feel like the comic book was still red hot, but the cartoon series just didn't continue. It got really That's a weird, huge though. Surprise. To tell you the truth, the comics got really weird around issue, I want to say, 55, 60, which would be around 88, 89. And they started having, like, an octopus transformer and a werewolf transformer. It didn't make any sense. And they were just running Beast out of Beast Wars. Ah. No, 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 no. Sort of. There's Weird Wolf and fucking... Oh, yeah. That was one of the that was one of the ones in uh, Headmasters, Werewolf, yeah. and what? There was one though that had an octopus for a head, and I thought that was stupid. Then there was one that was just a big Sixer. guy with a mustache. And then there was Sixer. Yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> man. No, I mean it was still. I thought it was a pretty good series, but uh, gosh, oh, Ultra Magnus and freaking Octopus. Ultra Magnus can't catch a break. You know who either. I hate? I gotta tell you, I cannot stand Blur. 
I used to love him as a kid, but man, I can't fucking stand him now. Oh, Micro Machines, dude? Mm, yeah, well, yes, yes, yes. John Bashima? Oh my god, get on the ship, get on the ship, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, we're about to explode, let's get the fuck out of here. Come on, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> oh, man. God, can you imagine him, like, during sex? <laughs> oh my god, done. What? I, we, I, didn't, I didn't know we started. Done. Just done. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> That's right, I went there. Oh, <laughs> uh, can we talk about that? I guess Stewie has been faking his voice the entire time. On a recent episode of Family Guy, Stewie went to a psychiatrist and said that he made up the whole voice, and he revealed his real voice on the episode. What? Yeah. I got, how did I not know of this? I gotta watch it. I gotta watch it when I get the chance. Okay. Oh, my God. You're McGurd. Oh, my God. Ah, you're McGurd. Wait, wait. Wait, go, Oh my gosh. Let's just drink all this protoplasm until we get fish snicket. <laughs> I haven't watched any of the follow-up Transformers after Beast Wars. Have you? There's been like two or three. Uh, I remember one with like uh, mini-cons, and it gave them upgrades. I remember watching a few episodes of that, and I think that was about uh, it. I saw like ten minutes of an episode where... Um, they were super, like, manga animated, like, car- I don't want to say, like, Jeff Masuda, who did, um, Beware the Batman. Transformers Prime. Yeah, that one was awful. That was just complete shit. They're all like, hey, dude, what's up? And it's like, no, that's not how robots talk. Stop it. Mm-mm. No, my gosh. Like, some tradi- okay, if you're gonna break some traditions, make sure your shit don't stink! Yeah. I would say, as the, the movie sucked, the <laughs> cartoons were sucking, so it's kind of strange it's still so popular, but I gotta tell you, the video games are amazing. I played all those video games on my uh, Xbox, and I was like, these are the shit right here. I liked uh, Fall of Cybertron. I, the yeah, first was one was great. really good. Yeah. The second one, yeah, oh my god, I thought it was even much better. And especially, like, um, I think at the end, at the, cre- at the credits, as they roll, you hear... Uh, like a, an updated version of Stan Bush's The Touch, and yeah. like Bumblebee dances along to it, uh, almost like he's doing the Carlton. <laughs> the uh, The Touch. I'm, I'm watching Glow on Netflix, and they're having this big uh, action sequence where they're designing a fight, and they play Stan Bush's The Touch, and it's such a good song. I mean, come on, it's a motivational song. It's like you got this, keep going. Yeah. So 80s though. <laughs> uh, so we were talking about the silly names for some of the Transformer shows, and uh, a kind of a parody of those shows is Super Robot Monkey Team Hyperforce Go, with a ridiculous name. And um, I like this one the most, but it does suffer from what I what I feel like what's been going on for the last twenty something years in animation is that everybody is copying Craig McCracken style from Dexter's Laboratory. Yes, somewhat a little bit of that, and uh, uh, also I did kind of notice uh, some of the designs for, especially like uh, that one humanoid girl in the first, Shinjo, I think her name was, and she almost resembled uh, something from Mega Man, especially with the way her like legs and like were like uh, all rounded and boot and jet boot like, mm-hmm. like Mega Man's, and there was of course a little Power Rangers team uh, motif there too, you know, all the different colored little robot monkeys each having their own abilities and um still it was pretty goofy it was funny had that uh kind of invade almost almost like invaders in somewhat spongebob humor yeah speaking of like two voice actors uh clancy brown and uh uh, oh god what's his name from uh the one who voices spongebob tom kenny who i know from mr show oh yes so those both, they both are on there, along with uh, Corey Feldman, and Mark Hamill's in there for, like, 13 episodes. He's, yeah. like, one of the main villains. 
for a while. I gotta tell you, without animation, I don't think Corey Feldman would even have a career right now. Oh God, no! Hey, tra- he couldn't rely on trauma forever either. No. <laughs> but that's all he's basically doing is these low rants, direct the video, barely released garbage, and uh, except for those oh. two Lost Boys movies about a decade ago, you know, he's only had animation. He's got a great voice for animation though, so good for him. Oh yeah, no, and he was. Oh yeah, that's right. He was the voice of uh, Donatello in the Ninja Turtles movies. Yeah, the live action. So that's the first time I think he did voice three. work. I'm pretty sure that is. Oh yeah. You know, I just he was uh, a good. Did you see that he got stabbed a couple days ago? Holy shit! No, why? No, I guess his uh, security team was distracted, and he was sitting in the car, and the door was open, and someone came in and stabbed him a couple times. Now, what the hell? Um, I'm kind of surprised he even has a security team. I didn't know he had enough money for a security team. I'm not trying to be rude or anything or mock him, but it just is a, a surprise. And um, if anybody thinks he's faking it, that that's kind of terrible. But if he is, for some reason, trying to get attention in the, in the news for it, that's fucked up. Corey Feldman is a quandary for me because, you know, I've, I've seen his stuff since I was a little kid. You know, he's just a, a little bit older than me and, you know, kind of rode his career the entire way. Um, as, a, as a child and a teenager. And, you know, so you kind of connect them that way. And then I read his book, a lot, I think it's called Lost Boy Found, I think. Um, but I read it a few years ago, and I finished it in one day. And that's not because it's a terrible book or it's generic. It's one of those really, really good reads. It's like 300 pages. I sat there the entire day reading it. And um, it's heartbreaking. He had a very, very fucked up childhood. And... That may or may not have a factor on his mental stability now, because he does stuff that's really like, what? You're still doing the Michael Jackson thing after all these years, and you don't realize it's embarrassing, and that his band is fucking terrible. But I mean, what do we do for a living? You know? So True. who am I to question? But even then, but if he is manipulating <laughs> the news to get attention, that would fucking suck. Yeah. No. Then there was also the, uh, you know, the whole uh, scandals going on with the, you know, the molestations and. You know, rape yeah. charges and well, what, and what bothers me, what bothers me is that he does things like uh, he goes on Doctor Oz like six times over six weeks and reveals little bits and pieces because clearly it's for attention, you know, uh, ratings, or whatever. Why doesn't he just say it all at once for no money? Well, I mean, I guess he still doesn't actually has to pay his bills. Fuck, I don't know, man. Yeah. It, it's hard to say, but also right. that he's trying to raise money to do a movie about it and he needs like ten million dollars to do it and most of that goes to legal funds and I'm just like. I don't know what 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 are you doing? <laughs> I don't get it. Why would you? I know. Yeah, his methods his methods are very suspicious. Heck, he wasn't the only one either. I mean, you know, of course, Terry Crews came out and supported yeah. the whole Me Too movement and everything. Yeah, and Brendan well, Fraser the, was actually a victim too. Well, the difference is that Terry Crews was a grown adult, a big man who can take care of himself. Corey Feldman had, and Corey Haim had all this stuff happen to them when they were children. Right. Yeah. And also, um, yeah, no, Brendan Fraser. Uh, it, that shit happened to him too. Yeah, he recently spoke out about it. I was like, "Damn, no wonder why." Fuck. Yeah, it's oh it, it, it's harder to take though when they are children. I mean, when, Corey Haim was raped when he was like twelve on the set of Lucas, and oh, and God. he he thought that was normal behavior. Like he thought that's how uh, friends showed um, like uh, a good connection between like you know the way we would high five each other. That's what he thought that they did. And that's insane. And that's what all that's all he thought about was having sex because he thought that's how you showed affection. Oh. Yeah, damn. it's a really fucked up book. I mean It most definitely is. Yeah. Um so I mean, we, we're uh, off a serious trip there. Yeah. Dolph, damn you, Corey Feldman. <laughs> no, no, damn the people who caused that. 
Um, not right. Corp Feldman. But, um, so Super Robot Monkey Team Force, Hyper Force Go. Wow, that's a long-ass name. Super Robot Monkey Team Hyper Force Go. All right, I need to take you a You can't say now. that really fast five times, <laughs> can you? Uh, can you say that five times fast? <laughs> yeah, that one was the most successful of all the shows we uh, talked about. The only problem is neither one of us watched it when it was on, so it, that's why we didn't have much of a connection to it. It's four seasons, um, and it was something like by the time this, this came around, I was really only watching stuff on Adult Swim. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Carrie Walgreen, who was Starbuck. She was uh, from uh, Battlestar Galactic. She was the voice of one of the robots as well. And Tommy Hong was in a few episodes. James Wong, who is... Uh, James she, Wong. Uh, uh, Big Trouble in China. Shit, what the fuck was his name? The main villain. Lo Pan. Lo Pan, thank you. And I always remember him from uh, Revenge of the Nerds 2. He teaches Booger like the Zen force of Hawk and Loogies and burping. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. No, that, it, it definitely had like a lot of great uh, guest voices. And, again, a lot of great uh, people voicing... You know, the main characters themselves. Who else do we have? Uh, Kevin Michael Richardson? He always talks like this. Well, hello, everyone. Well, he has a deep voice. He can't help it, man. Yes. <laughs> he was on a show called uh, The Knights of Prosperity, where, and I'm pretty sure this is the first time I had seen, um, uh, shit, I forgot her name, Sophia Vergara. Pretty sure she was on that yes. show. With Donald Logue. And there, it's like these six guys who decide to rob someone famous. And originally it was going to be called Let's Rob Mick Jagger. But then it got called uh, Let's Rob, I think, Jeff Goldblum. And um, they decided to just call it The Knights of Prosperity. And it's one of the funniest shows I've ever seen, and no one remembers it. And I think it lasted 13 episodes. And then when they got done robbing him, they were going to go rob someone else rich. But every single time, the crime goes horribly wrong. But these are like good people. They're just like suffering, so... They decided to take it out on other people, on uh, on uh, the rich. Wow, well, that doesn't sell the show as these them being good people. Uh, it's hard to explain. I know. And who would want to rob Jeff Goldblum? I love sure. Jeff Goldblum too much to even yeah. to even like even push him jokingly. I'm like, oh Jeff, I I would like hesitate to like pat him on the back. I'm like, I love you too much. I don't want to hurt you. Yeah, and that's one of the few <laughs> times I've seen Kevin Michael Richardson do live action. He's really really funny in it. I'm pretty sure he's. He, I, let me look this up. I gotta make sure that's the right person. There's also there's also a uh, basketball where he's like trading he's like trading to a bunch of cities. Then he's finally in he's like I'm right. proud to play for the city of Miami, Detroit, whatever. <laughs> you sound you sound exactly <laughs> like him. I don't know how you do this. Yeah, well, I don't know either. It's, okay, it's yeah, quite a, it's a mystery to me. I guess find some. I told you. <laughs> how did you just do that? But yeah. Um, how did you just go robot on me? Did you do that on purpose or that accident? That was purposefully. No, because you went, no, whoa, 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 whoa. You're a strange man. <laughs> I know. My mother tells me so. <laughs> All right. Our next that, cartoon is Boxmaster, <laughs> which is a French-American production. This one is one of the first things I've ever seen Avia Rod's name on, who became like the guru of Marvel for a decade, I think because of Toy Biz, and then uh, of course he was kicked out, and now he does really, really shitty movies. <laughs> oh God, what is he, what has he produced lately? Uh, what have you done for me lately? There's a song that Janet Jackson sings, uh, "Nasty," where she's like, "Who's that driving that nasty car? Nasty boys, 
nasty boys. Yep. And you're like, that's a classic. Maybe he's poor. Maybe he just, you know, there's a gremlin. You know, it, 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 you, it's ugly to you, but I think it's kind of cute to me. Who's that eating that nasty fruit? I don't know. Maybe a homeless guy. Maybe he's starving. What the fuck is wrong with you, Janet? <laughs> oh gosh, I don't know. Uh, well, considering she's always talking about like you know the dirty boys, those the, those bros that always just try to you know hit it and quit it and leave, you yeah. know, douchebags. That's what she's talking about, not the homeless man. Uh, she's oh, talking about. So I guess actually he has been producing quite a bit. I didn't know this. He is still tied to the Spider-Man universe in a way because he is the producer on Into the Spider-Verse and Venom. So he must have some sort of deal that he is uh, always get producer credit on the Spider-Man stuff. But I'm pretty sure he's like kind of uh, taken down a peg. It's like, yeah, dude, no, stay down there. You yeah. screwed up. He has no say. Just, just like what they do. Yeah, just like they did with uh, Zack Snyder at, at Warner Brothers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he also produced Ghost in the Shell, Tarzan and Jane. I have no idea what that is. Kong, wow. King of the Apes, which is a cartoon. Pac-Man mm. and the Ghostly Adventures. So yeah, he still works, but he hasn't done a Marvel flick since Ghost Rider. Well, I mean, I'm not even sure he was on that one either. I don't know what he actually worked on because he might just be tied to it. You know, because uh, I think he, he, I, I think he did have, uh, I yeah, no, I think he did have a part in Ghost Rider. However, Tarzan and Jane was, I think, based off of the uh, Disney animated uh, movie. Uh, and no, then there was a show. Is, no, it was just a web series. It was shitty CGI. It lasted eight episodes. So you know, winner. Never, never mind. I was wrong. Okay, you're right. Bots Master is 93, <laughs> which just means it's one of the first shows to combine CGI and hand-drawn animation, and Normally it's really jarring, but I think it works well with this series. Yeah, I, well, I think about halfway into like the first episode, I was like kind of losing interest. I'm oh like, no, it's oh, not a good animation. cartoon. That's what I'm, I'm not saying it's a good cartoon. I just thought the animation style was interesting. Oh yeah, it was for sure. And that intro though, I'm like, oh god, what are they trying to do? It's like they're trying to rap and be like, you know, appeal to this like, you know, young hip hop audience. So I'm like, you're going about the wrong way. This is this is early cultural appropriation. Damn it. Yeah. Well, everybody was rapping. Dennis Leary has a uh, sketch about rapping in the 90s. And he's just like, everybody was doing it. It's no longer fun because old ladies are doing it. Uh, dogs are doing it. Every commercial has... Let's see if I can find it. I, have a, I had it on a comedy bit. <laughs> I don't see it here. Oh, my gosh. But he's just like, yeah, everybody's doing this. Like, bow, wow, 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 bow, wow, 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 wow. It's just like, oh, we're trying to sell meat. Let's, let's throw a rap into it. <laughs> Bastages, all of them, I tell you. That's it. Oh, gosh, there are times where I wish humanity has gotten solo that Skynet did go active. Yeah. Um, 40 episodes, which is a lot longer than I would have thought for one season, but it must have been sold in like cheap animation, like syndication kind of shit. You know, something to fill like mm -hmm. a Saturday morning hour. I, did, I didn't like the cartoon, I just thought it was interesting. It's another one of those shitty Saban uh, uh, distribution deals. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. If it's a Saban-related, you know it's going to be watered down and cheesy as Yeah, hell. I don't get Saban. I really don't understand the appeal of his stuff, even though he was everywhere in the 90s. You know, we were watching Power Rangers, and I watched the first half, and I couldn't take it anymore. And then someone's like, hey, um, do you mind? We're in the middle of Power Rangers. We're going to watch the rest. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I watched the first half a few days ago. And I sat there, and the movie's over with, and I was like... I, I don't know what I watched. I don't I don't care about any of this. I'd rather watch the '95 movie than than the new one because it just it's fucking waste. I did feel the appeal of how they were trying to you know communicate with uh, teens these days who really go through a lot of that shit. Except yeah. what they did with Kimberly, I'm like, what the? F God damn, she is a bitch. 
Yeah. She did some mean and, shit. Uh, well, I like the kaiju stuff, but that was like the last 20 minutes. I just kept waiting for shit to happen. But I'm like, the TV show still did it better. And that's all Saban really has is that Power Ranger money. And he's just been using it to distribute bullshit. And then there was also uh, Master Rider. There was that. There was I also... Uh, I don't know that one. Another one. Like, well, who did Big, Big Bad Beetleborgs? I don't know, but I want to say it was Saban. Yeah, I probably. think he had a hand in it. There's a lot of those shows around that time, but everybody just remembers, you know, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. But as far as it goes for, um, yeah, the Power Rangers movies, like, yeah, there was, there, you know, as far as, like, the development of these teens and, you know, them dealing with their problems, like, this could have been, like, finished, uh, like, a half hour ago. Yeah. Then we could have gotten into the action. So long. I mean, Why it, was it $100 million? That's just shooting yourself in the foot, man. Could have done it for 50 Pretty much, 60. yeah. However, they say that the, um, the second one's definitely not out of reach. Yeah, sure. Unless it's international sales, it's going to keep it going. Yeah, international sales will have to keep it going. I mean, plus, I kind of want to see what they do with the Green Ranger. Yeah. I wanted to see him come along. <laughs> or who would they cast as the Green Ranger? Um, who knew? No. But I mean, still, Dacre Montgomery's still doing good. I mean, he's still uh, lining things up. He was in uh, Stranger Things uh, Season 2, and he was actually one of the... I don't know why he was like such a piece of shit, but... I couldn't help but stop watching it. Yeah, I haven't watched season two yet. Um, speaking of retro stuff, you know, we went, we did, uh, we we're supposed to do this episode together, but we just ran out of time. Uh, Ready Player One was the episode that we did together, and I was hoping for some more animation stuff. There's hardly a thing. He had like a Transformer, or not a Transformer, the Thundercats uh, logo on his belt buckle, and that's all I remember. I feel like there was a couple other things, but well, wait, wait, wait. There was. There was a Gundam. Yeah, there was Gundam, there was, what, there was Battletoads, a lot of 90s stuff, less 80s yeah, stuff. Yeah, Battletoads isn't known as animation, that's a video game that was the worst cartoon ever made. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, but as far as it goes for uh, animation, let's see. Uh, gosh, I'll have to re- um, when I rewatch that movie, I'll let you know yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> they don't remember uh, hardly a thing. Oh, Iron Giant, yeah, of course. Well, Iron Giant, duh. That's yeah, there's Iron Giant, uh, no, wait, no, Street Fighter was still gamer. Right. Uh... As far as animation, oh, there was Chuck, that Chucky moment. <laughs> yeah, but that's not animation, though. That's just... No. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'll let you know. Yeah, because yeah, uh, I, I was going to make notes of it, and I totally forgot that we were going to mention on the oh, show. Well. But um, uh, back to the cartoon discussion. Uh, one of those 80s... Botsmaster. Uh, yeah, Botsmaster is not a good cartoon. I don't recommend that. But um, uh, Roboforce is the next one we'll discuss. That was from oh, a yeah. failed toy line. Now, I remember Roboforce. I, in fact, owned one of the toys. We went to, I'm pretty sure I'm remembering this right, uh, we went to some hardware store, and uh, we used to get VHS tapes there for a buck a piece, which back in 1984, time period, getting a VHS tape for a buck was insanely difficult. VHS tapes cost like $5 usually, because um, not everybody was recording yet, and uh, I think the hardware store sold them at a loss to get you in the store. And I want to say it was like, not an ace, but like a true value or something like that. You know, one of those licensed uh, franchisee kind of places. And they had a small toy section. And I remember finding RoboForce and it was on clearance. And I was like, what the hell is this? And I thought they were kind of stupid looking, but it came with a free mini comic book in it. Um, I'm pretty sure it's RoboForce. I'm not thinking of Star Ears. Um, but I had one of them and I was just like, this toy is stupid. Why did I even buy this? And, and, and to find out there was a cartoon pilot that didn't go anywhere it does not surprise me because the toy line lasted i think maybe one year at best oh my god yeah well look at the design they look like those old clunkies uh toys from the 60s you know something even uh 
like lost in space status almost. Yeah, it's it doesn't have the elegance of even a GoBots toy, you know, which was always kind of a clumsy version, low rent. If you're poor, that's what you had instead of Transformers toy. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the animation though, the cartoon I thought was actually pretty well done. It was. It's classic. However, classic. It's just like the robotics. They feel like they're all done by the same three or four companies. You know, it's either Ruby Spears, Hanna Barbera, Sunbow, uh, Marvel. You know, there's only a handful of companies that are doing these kind of cartoons. Right. Oh, okay. Which is why they all look so similar. Yeah, and same voice actors, too. There, there's a uniform idea going on during the 80s with all these action cartoons that all the toy companies must have been like, well, these guys do this, so let's just go with them instead of finding another company. And Right. Um, yeah, RoboForce is not a good cartoon, but from a nostalgia point of view, I had a lot of fun watching it. No, no, I was actually enjoying it, too. Um, of course, uh, when it came to the little council part, and, you know, she shows in like the crystal and this and that. When in that one guy debunks it as a myth, I'm like, this is the year 5000. Like you're highly advanced. You have high advanced technology. Yet I'm pretty sure somewhere in those records, it would say this thing existed, especially when digital uh, stuff started happening yeah, around like what the 2000s. Come on. Nah. He was in on it. This is how you know he was in on it. We have yeah. some classic voice actors in this one. We have Alan Young. We have Michael Bell, Peter Cullen, and David Mendenhall. Oh, yeah. uh, not a lot of people remember David Mendenhall. He was a uh, child actor who did a lot of... Uh, I mean, he got hired because he was really good at doing uh, children's voices. And I know him from being in Over the Top, the arm wrestling movie with Stallone. Oh, the uh, Golden Globus movie. Yeah. And I feel like he did a couple movies before and after that, but I don't really... Space Raiders, I think. And I think he did the Transformers animated movie, I'm pretty sure. Mm, interesting. Trying to look if he did any other... Well, he kind of stopped doing voice acting in 88, probably because he turned into a man, and he no longer had that kind of voice. Of course not, no. It got too deep. I mean, shoot, you even listen to uh, someone like James Earl Jones when he did uh, Rogue One. Yeah, his voice did sound a little deeper than it should have. Yeah, well, and probably raspy. Uh, the other one is Robert Ridgely. Not a lot of people know Robert Ridgely, but he was always doing like voiceovers. And he was uh, one of Mel Brooks's reoccurring actors. He was just one of those character actors. But um, he is the hangman in, um, I want to say, uh, Robert Blazing Saddles. In Blazing Saddles, yeah. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> I couldn't possibly book him until Monday, sir. <laughs> I, I um, booked solid. I swear I just saw him in something else, but I also know him from Boogie Nights. He is the the fundraiser or whatever, or the guy with all the money, you know, to do the porn, and he ends up going to prison at the end and getting beaten up. Yeah. That's right, yeah. No, that's... Oh, that was him. And he was also the voice of, uh... Uh, gosh. The Herculoids? Was he? Or was it Herculoids, or was it another one? Uh, I'm not sure. Let me, let me look at... Oh, uh, Thundar. You're thinking of Thundar, I think. Thundar. For some reason, my mind, I get those confused. I don't know why. Me too. <laughs> but he that's did, why I said it. Yeah, he mostly did just stuff where he was, you know, a radio announcer or, uh, like, well, I think his friend was Ernie Anderson, who was the voice of ABC for, like, a decade. And then his son is P.T. Anderson, so therefore it makes sense that how he got hired for Boogie Nights. Oh, that, may, that does make a lot of sense, indeed. Very peculiar. Uh, he did Tarzan and uh, Tarzan Lord of the Jungle filmation cartoon. He also did Flash Gordon in the same company. 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, Tailspin, Thundar the Barbarian, Strawberry Shortcake, Puff the Magic Dragon, Super Saturday Cade, no, Saturday Supercade, and, and stuff like that. So lots uh, of animation. 
Oh, Beverly Hills Cop 2. That's right. I forgot he's a Beverly Hills Cop 2, which I just watched a couple weeks ago. And I want to say that he... Oh, fuck. Where is he? He is the commissioner who comes in at the end. And he's like, yeah, you, uh, Axel Foley, you guys, you saved the day. And uh, Lumberg, or whatever his name whatever his name was, you're fired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Way to take it. Take that L, Lundberg. <laughs> uh, Roboforce, like I said, was just a one-time special. It, I don't know if it's because no one wanted to pick it up or they knew that it was a stinker line of toys. I mean, they just look stupid. So they must have been like, okay, let's wash our hands of this and move on. Exactly. I know. They were just basic, like, you know, little child robot designs. They are only good for, like, five-year-olds. The, uh, the, it's up on YouTube, but if you want a permanent copy, it is added to the Warner Archive. I can't talk. Warner Archive. Archive. Uh, season 2 of Challenge of the GoBots is added as a special feature. Oh, okay. No, there was no comic. Sounds- I must be thinking of Star Years because there's nothing here. Star Years, I don't think there was ever a cartoon of that, but that was a cool toy line that was very, very short-lived. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. It was Star Years. I was wrong. Uh, and Crystar. Crystar was another really, really good um, toy line that didn't go anywhere. And I wish there had been a cartoon of that as well. Oh, man. Wow. Zoids. That's Dang. weird. Dude, Star Years is based on Zoids. It is? Yeah. I mean, Zoids, I think, is still even going, but Star Years was just a short-lived spinoff. Zoids. Huh. Huh. Yeah, Zoids. I was like, oh, I thought Zoids was like a recent thing from like 2000. You know, those it, giant well, mechanized it, like, it, it did get rebooted. It started in 82, but um, it's still going today. Wow. Is there a cartoon of Zoids? There, uh, there must be. Yeah, no, I've seen the cartoon as always. I remember watching it sometimes. I would wait. I would watch it while I'd wait for like Gundam or something to come on. Two thousand. Yeah, they had an anime oh. block on Toonami. Yeah, we'll have to do that sometime down the road because that looks cool. That's comic book Voltron. Oh yeah, definitely, most definitely. But still, it has its own fun and perks. And overall, it. Uh, then there was another series of Zoys that took place, I think, before it or after it, and it confused the hell out of me. I was like, wait a minute. Where's the Liger? Where's this? What? <laughs> Who are these people? I didn't know this had ended. <laughs> the uh, the other cartoon we'll discuss real quickly is, and it doesn't. I'm not sure it even really counts. I thought it was about robots, and it's not. Uh, but it has what? mech kind of. It has. It's on the outline. I mean, you know, it's an outline of robots and an AI. Um, Zyber Nine, which was another Saban cartoon, ugly as shit. Uh, but actually, I thought it was pretty damn entertaining, even though it was only on for like one season. Yeah, no, I mean, I, actually, I even actually had uh, action figures of it. It was pretty cool. Really? Um, yeah, I, I did. I don't know what happened to it. I didn't know there was a toy really line because it doesn't say anything about there being a toy line. Zyber wow. Toys. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm very sure. I'm 100% sure. It was actually something that, uh, oh, yeah, it was on uh, Jetix. Oh, yeah, there they are. Like, Sorry, I just didn't say anything under Wikipedia. Yeah, but here they are. Those are mm-hmm. cool toys, I dude. told you. But yeah, you I am ridiculous. No. No, you did not believe me. <clears throat> this is probably one of the newer ones. I, here's the weird thing is it started in 1999, and the final episodes were not even aired until 2007. What? Yeah, they, they got sold to Jetix, and they finally aired the entire series almost 10 years later. Good Lord. There's no way that's right. There's no way that's right. It says here the follow-up to Zyber 9 is Titan AE, and that can't be right. Someone fucked up on Wikipedia. Oh, yeah, someone had to have. Oh, they did have great voice cast. Uh, you had Jason Marsden as the main character, and then you had Rene Aubergenois from uh, Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine. And Benson. Not a lot of people remember that voice, but he was on Benson. 
Right. And oh yeah, Tim Curry, Tim Curry, and Tony J. Tony J. Who had one of those? Another one's really deep voice actors. Yeah, I know. Oh no, I definitely remember Tony J. Um, no, 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 that was Simon Templeman, who uh, did Doctor Doom. But Simon Templeman and Tony J. were both in Legacy of Kane. Yeah. Well, we also have Christopher Marquette, who um, was a child at the time, but uh, he, he came like kind of a cult icon for a while there. He was in uh, Freddy vs. Jason, uh, Just Friends as Ryan Reynolds' little brother, uh, uh, oh, Fanboys, yeah. he's in Fanboys, um, and he's a really good bug in a movie called Infested, or Inf- Infestation. Um, but he was around was, for a long time. I think he was on Joan of Arcadia, too. He was also in an episode of Touched by an Angel, and he was also in uh, a Disney movie by, oh gosh, Up, Up, and Away. I don't know. Yeah, that he one. was uh, the main character's friend. Oh, okay. It's a superhero movie? Yeah, it was a superhero movie. It was a Disney movie. I just can't remember the guy's name. Uh, the one who directed it, in, uh, Robert Townsend. Oh, okay. I like yeah. Robert Townsend. Robert-, Robert Townsend, I thought, was going to be huge because his first movie he paid for on credit cards for like $60,000. And uh, ended up making like $17 million in the theater. It was um, Hollywood Shuffle. It was really, really good. It was basically Oh, like, wow, yeah. It, well, it's in 87 is when it was made. And it's about how black actors keep having to play the same stereotypical, um, outrageous, cartoony characters instead of being real people. And he was just like, can we just stop playing the gangsters, uh, the, the, the homeless people, the help? Can we stop doing that and play you know, significant roles that have a heart? And you know, a three-dimensional, and that was pre-revolutionary thirty years ago. Oh, most definitely, and now it's definitely paved the way for a lot of uh, black actors. And it's said in uh, you can definitely tell that Shaka has been uh, gone through in Hollywood, especially these days within the past few years. Yeah, uh, I just wish he, Selma. Right, well, was, I wish he would get credit for doing the first black superhero movie because he did Meteor Man. Oh yeah, live-action superhero movie. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, he, you're, you're right. He was. And then a few years later, they had Steel, but that was terrible. Oh, but still, it's, it's a step forward. It just, you wish they were good. Right. And successful. And then there was Blade. Yeah, Blade's the one oh, yeah. that really, really did it for them. True, but at the same time, uh, cultural-wise, no, I didn't really focus on culture or anything like that. No, but when it came to Black Panther, oh, it, it obliterated all of them easily. Oh, man. Which, oh, wait, you haven't seen that yet, have you? What? What'd you say? Oh, Black, Black Panther? Panther? No, I haven't. Okay, never mind then. <laughs> I will not say what happens. But yeah, you definitely need to see it for yourself. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, let's see. What was this last one we were talking about? Oh, yeah, Cyber 9. Yeah. Zyber. No, no. Zyber. Not Cyber. Zyber. Well, I don't know. Maybe it was pronounced Cyber, but it's spelled with an X just so it could be cool and edgy and different because, you know, it's, we're going into yeah. two, it's 1999. Zyber we're going 9 into 2000. Had, Zyber 9 had a much richer world than most of the cartoons that we've seen. It really builds a ton in that first episode. Oh, yeah, for sure. And the CGI was a lot more polished in yeah, this cartoon definitely. than I'd seen in a lot of other series. But, um, yeah, again, uh, Jason Morrison, my gosh, his voice. Um, I swear. I, um, Goofy movie, right? I know. he. He's the only famous yeah, he was person in, my sister has ever met. Max. Oh, and he was also in uh, Hocus Pocus. He played Max. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> he, I want to say that he was Max. I want to say that he was Eddie Munster in the Munster's revival around 91. They, they had three seasons on Fox. I'm pretty sure that was him. That was him. That was him, yeah. And then, uh, my gosh, he's done a lot of voice work. He's been in so many cartoons and video games. Oh, man. 
There's oh gosh, there was one other one. I swear I'd heard his voice before, but I can't remember. It was it was very big too. That's what she said. Yeah. What did I tell you guys about being classy? Doctor Mitchum does not want to be associated with vulgarities. Well, Doctor Richard is indisposed at the moment, so right now he doesn't have to know about this. Nor should he care. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I, I think that brings us to the end of this episode. Nothing really going on in the animated world news-wise. Oh, I watched the Woody Woodpecker movie that was uh, put on Netflix. On, it is shit. Yeah. Really good animation, though. <laughs> Woody looks fantastic, but the movie's terrible. Yeah, no, it's it's far too kiddie. You know, it's, it's classic uh, childlike kind of film. I mean, I guess it fits with the Woody Woodpecker cartoon anyway, which is always kind of second or third rate, even though I enjoy them. It, they were always kind of third rate. Right. I, but, I don't know. I thought it was always a popular one for me, especially growing up. Yeah. Uh, my par- I mean, just my parents knew of it because they watched the old one. So I thought, I just thought he was so big. The biggest Looney Tunes in a... Uh, well, he's huge internationally. Dis- huge. Where I think he's called Pico Pau. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> that's a cool name, Pico Pau. Like, then they make an action movie of him. And that's sure. his like, signature attack. It's pretty sure and he it's just Pico pecks Pau. right... Because there was a time period where I was crazy about Woody Woodpecker. And I was watching a ton of them, and there's like, there was only so many that were available on YouTube at the time, and there was a bunch like I think I don't even know I think they may have been Brazilian or something like that, and I was like, I had to li- I just watched them I, I didn't know what the hell anybody was saying. Oh wow, I will have to say about that main actor, I recognize him from this uh, from this Disney movie uh, about uh, leprechauns, or about this kid who finds out he uh, his mother was a leprechaun and came from Ireland and all that crap. And then his lucky gold coin is what made him uh, start turning back into an actual leprechaun. Yeah. It's well, weird. It, I mean, well, it's funny. It's a leprechaun, but I hear people say leprechaun a lot. And I'm like, so it was a con artist whose body part was falling? You know, it's like falling off? Like, no, a leprechaun. Ah. That, no, no, you're saying leprechaun. <laughs> leprechaun. Oh, yeah. Pra, pra. <laughs> I'm a leprechaun and I want me gold. <laughs> <laughs> Garth, calm down, calm down. It's not real. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Uh, Thank you for waiting around for us to do this episode. I'm trying to do it every two weeks just so we can finish up this last season. Um, I'm really itching to get to that new show. And uh, so thank you, everybody. And be excellent to each other. Namaste and good luck, my friends. All right. Powering down. I I wanted to play this because I thought it was appropriate. Instead of the theme song, we're going to play The Touch by Stan Bush. Yeah! Do you remember in Boogie Nights when they sing this? And it's just fucking terrible? Oh! <laughs> God! Then they were all coked out and they thought they were like hot shit. Yeah. Oh my god, it was. Like, yeah, come on, like, Mark Wahlberg, you could do better, but seriously, man, you, it's like, he was trying to be, he was trying to play it off to be so bad. Here we go. You got the touch. Take seven. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, my God. You got the touch. What?
god. And Jonathan McGinley dancing so enthusiastic. It's just funny when someone who can sing uh, pretends not to be able to sing. It's like when you know people who can't act pretend to not. I mean, who can act but pretend not to be able to act. It's really silly. Oh, it's just like in the Lemmy Snicket movie with Jim Carrey. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just thinking the new Bill Hader show because he's one of the most amazing actors out there. But his new show, he has to be a hitman who decides to go into acting and, and is a terrible, terrible actor. Oh yeah. Oh god, what is it called? I can't remember. Bill or something like that, or Stan? Something I can't remember, man. Right. <laughs> It'll come back to you. Don't worry. All right. I but said yeah, I was no, John end, C. Riley, though. I said I was going to end with that clip. I better just end this now. Um, Wreck It Ralph too. Yeah, I'm excited. Me too. All right, everybody. That we're actually gonna leave now. We'll, we'll stop. We're not gonna. The party's over. We're still hanging out. I don't know why. Just push the shutdown button. Turn me off, please.